always the fourth Wednesday in September. It is called See You at the Pole. And it's a special event where people all across the nation, your guys' age, go to their school flagpole at 7 o'clock, some if you're ambitious and feeling up to it, 7 o'clock. But we're going to meet 7.30 probably because I, I don't know. Who would actually get there at 7 to go pray? Anyone? Wow. Hey, if you guys want to do it at 7, I'll, I'll be there. I'll hold you to that. But it's at 7 o'clock around the nation, schools have students going to their flagpoles, and it's a decision that you guys do. The school, this isn't a school event. It's not put on by the school. It's put on by you guys. To pray for your schools. Who here knows your schools need prayer? Yes. Anyone? Also the teacher in the room. <laughs> you guys know your school needs prayer? Wow. All right, everyone stand up. I want you guys to do five jumping jacks. Ready? <laughs> Ready, go. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. There you go. Sit down. <laughs> the trash can game wear you out too much? Is that what happened? <laughs> so what's in two weeks? See you at the pole. What time is it at? Seven o'clock. It's all the time before school starts. So if you're like, hey, I got there at 7.30, still go pray. If you're like, man, I'm only, I've only got like 10 minutes to pray. Hey, 10 minutes is worth it, right? So whenever you get to the school, go to the flagpole and pray, okay? Unless if you're late for class, then that's a problem. <laughs> Don't do that. Yes. Yep, 7 a.m. So the next announcement I have for you is the week after that, we are starting the corn maze. We're going to do the corn maze. It's in three weeks. Who is interested in going? Raise your hand. Be here at 5 o'clock, okay? 5 o'clock. I know that's a little bit early, but it's an hour and a half drive. So take this and hand it around. This is a permission slip for you guys to be able to go. And if anything happens to you, that we have permission from your parents to be able to do whatever we need to medically. What's that? That's what happens? We get everything in their pockets? I don't, I don't think that's what the form says. I'm pretty sure we'll give that back to the parents. We're not going to loot your body. <laughs> that's weird. How do I sound up there, Katie? Nice. That's why we're here. Shoot. <laughs> Anyways. So, that's in how many weeks? Three. See you at the polls in how many weeks? Two. Corn maze in three. Okay. And be here at what time for the corn maze? Five o'clock. If you're going, it's seven dollars. Okay. So, get the money in as soon as possible. We're going to do, if you don't have it in in two weeks then you're going to have to find a way to get it to me before the corn maze, okay? Sound good? Um, it's a lot of fun. Who's been to the corn maze before? Raise your hand. Talk to them about it. It's a lot of fun. So we're going to do it in Manhattan. The last announcement I have for you, if Stuart's cool with me sharing this, is the uh, Bible study. It takes this Monday at the high school. This Monday at the high school at 315 in room 410? 
That's right, room 410. If you are a high school student, if you're a ninth grader up, go to the Butte High classroom 410. Listen up, hey, hey. What room is it in? 410. What time is it at? 3.15. If you show up at 3.30, I'm sure they'll still be there. <laughs> so what time? 3.15. What day? Monday. Are there rides home, Stuart? Are there rides home? No bus. Yeah. Talk to your parents about it and say, hey, I want to do this. And then if you need to hitch a ride with a friend or something, try to work it out, okay? But it's an awesome opportunity, and they didn't get to do it last year. So it's another opportunity to bring God into your schools and make a difference there, right? All right. We're going to get on with things. I'm going to pray, and then we'll move forward. Lord, we thank you for who you are and what you've done for us. We were by no means deserving of what you did for us with bringing your son to die on the cross for us to pay the penalty that we justly deserve. Lord, we thank you that you wanted us. God, that you want us. I know for many of us, that's something that we've struggled with in our life is feeling wanted. But God, that you are somebody who wants us and that you were willing to pay the ultimate price for us. Lord, may you be given glory and honor today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. What is worship? You guys remember what Katie was saying? What's worship? It's talking to God. Mm, I mean, it can be. It's not limited to that, Abby. be taking place anywhere. Mm -hmm. Him in your heart. Jada. I <laughs> learn from their leaders, right? <laughs> what you got, Howie? Posture of submission and giving thanks to God. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty accurate. I think it's, yeah, a mixture of yours and Abby's answer is spot on. Um, yes, it can be talking to God. I would say prayer is more described as talking to God. But how, do you get, how many of you know that prayer is a form of worship, right? If you pray to some other deity, some would argue that you worship that deity, right? So if you pray to God, people would argue you worship God, right? So I think that's a good answer. I looked it up, the specific dictionary.com's definition. It describes worship as reverent honor and homage or devotion paid to God or a sacred personage or to any object regarded as sacred. You guys know you can worship something that's not a person. A lot of people worship something. <laughs> Some people worship that thing up there that's got numbers on it. It's called a clock. <laughs> you can worship your job. You can worship money. Right? 
Another definition they give is to render religious reverence and homage to. Another one is to feel an adoring reverence. Adoring implies what? Somebody that you adore, you what? You love, you have fuzzies for him. You get the butterflies in your stomach, right? <laughs> you feel an adoring reverence or regard for any person or thing can have that, right? I really think Webster's Dictionary of 1828, before all of our time, I like this definition of it. It says, worship is to honor with extravagant love and extreme submission. I think that's a pretty accurate description. How many of you would say you have that for the Lord? You honor him with extravagant love and extreme submission. I guess we'll find out. Katie described it as a posture of the heart, which I think is very accurate. You guys know what posture means? I told you, you got terrible posture right now. What does that mean? You guys are all like, oh gosh, now I got to think about it. What you got, Jade? Dancers have great posture? You can have terrible posture, right? What you got, Howie? Position. Yeah, I think that's a, that's in a nutshell what it means. Now, posture can have a few different definitions, but it's your position, what you're positioned towards, what you're directed towards. Another way of saying it would be what you're devoted to. We're supposed to be devoted to who? Jesus is the answer. You could say Jesus. You're supposed to be devoted to who? Jesus. Jesus. That's right. Your heart is always devoted to something. Did you guys know that? It's going to be devoted to something, whether it's God or not. It's either you're devoted to what you're supposed to be devoted to, or you're not devoted to it, right? There's, there's no real middle ground where you're like, I'm not devoted to anything. No, you're devoted to something. And you could argue you're probably devoted to yourself if you say you're not devoted to anything, <laughs> which you can be. How many of you know you can worship yourself? You guys ever met people like that? They're often the star player sometimes. They're full of themselves. You're like, yeah, I'm the best. If I wasn't on the team, we would lose every game, right? Game. <laughs> How many? <laughs> All right, bring it back, bring it back. How many of you guys have met people like that? Yeah? Do you guys know there were people like that in the Bible? Can you name one of them? It's called John. <laughs> The disciple John was pretty full of himself, but I'd argue all of them were pretty full of themselves. (laughs) I talked about that on Sunday a little bit. Pharaoh was somebody who, he, I mean, Pharaoh in Egypt was believed to be God. That's what Egypt believed. Pharaoh was God. One of many gods. But they believed that he was God to worship in person. It was a physical embodiment of God. Now, we all know that that's a load of crap, right? I said crap. <laughs> I said it again. <laughs> but that's, there's people out there that worship themselves, right? Many people would be labeled as, they'd label them as narcissists, right? 
somebody who's full of themselves. But we were made to worship, and more specifically, every single one of us was made to worship the Lord. That's why you were made, that's who you were made for, that's who you were made to. Let me share some scripture to bring that to reference. Revelation, you can pull this one up there. Uh, I know I didn't give you any of the reference. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. And this one is New Living Translation, Gregory. I'm going to be in New Living Translation for most of it. But this one here, it's in the book of Revelation. It talks about honor being paid to the Lord. And this is what people were saying. You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. Did you guys make the mountains? No, you didn't. Did anyone make the mountains? Well, it says right here, somebody did, right? God did. Did somebody make the mountains? Nope. They exist because you created what you pleased. Did you guys know that God wanted to make you? Did you guys know that? God wanted to create you. And God didn't want to create you simply so that he could just be like, hmm, worship me, everybody. I'm awesome, and you all need to know that. No. God wanted family. He wanted fellowship. He wanted relationship. Who likes being alone? Anybody? Who likes feeling lonely? Let me say it that way. Wrong. I don't believe any of you. That is baloney. You teenagers just like giving the wrong answer all the time. (laughs) Did you guys know God wanted you? And he wanted you because he wanted relationship with you. He wanted fellowship with you. And one way that fellowship is done is through worship. Really, I would say that's the only way. You have relationship, devotion to what you worship. And if you're not devoted to God, if you're not worshiping the Lord, you probably don't really have much of a relationship with Him. Yes? No? Maybe? Correct me if I'm wrong, Katie. Would you say that's wrong? (laughs) No. This wasn't even in my notes. That one's for free. I get my hair so smooth. It's called spit from my children. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got Sam's attention. He's like, ugh. Let me share another verse with you guys. God is worthy of worship alone because he is God. That's what we read in Revelation. The next verse I have for you is Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 17. And this is New Living Translation as well. God was pleased to make you guys. He wanted you. He wouldn't have made you if he didn't want you. He wouldn't have made you if his intention was just, nope, I'm just going to make them so I can burn them. That's dumb. (laughs) Who would do that? Have you guys ever been in art class and you make something and you're like upset at how terrible it is? Have you ever done that? Was that, are you upset because you wanted it to be terrible? No. You're like, man, I wanted this thing to be awesome. And it's not. This frustrates me. He paid the price for you guys to be perfect. That's what I'm saying. That's, you can be. Jesus paid the price for you. He says, 
be holy as I am holy, be perfect as I am perfect. And then he says, I am the author and perfecter of your faith. You put your trust in him, your hope in him, he is the one that perfects you. Because you can't do it yourself. Anyways, that's a rabbit trail. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> but Colossians 1, 15 through 17. You got it ready? 1, 15 through 17. I'll start reading it here. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. There it is again. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Amen to that. Now, how do you know if your heart's devoted to that? How do you know if your heart is devoted to the creator of all things? How do you know if your heart is honoring him and putting him first? You guys have any idea? No? Scripture gives us a few examples to go on. A few good things to look at. We can find out through these things in, as to whether or not we worship something else. We see it in scripture. We saw examples with the Israelites, which I'll share here in a minute, that it was obvious they weren't worshiping God. Matthew six nineteen through 21, Jesus talks and he says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. That's one way you figure it out. Where your treasure is, your heart's there. What you value is seen by where your heart is postured towards. And that's seen by what you value. What you value is where your heart is. Your devotion is directly connected to what you think is most important. You guys ever heard your parents say something regarding you, you don't, you're not giving the time to this? Yeah, this isn't important to you. Oh, sure. It's important to me. Well, if it was, you'd be doing it, right? Let me ask you this. Let me give you an example. If I told Caitlin, I love you so much, baby. I love you. You're the greatest. If I just doted on her, I said, you're the most important person in my life. Nobody else is more important to you here. I can give her the time of day. You guys think that would make a difference? Me saying those words? <laughs> no. If I told her, you're the most important person in my life, and I don't love anyone more than you, yeah, get this. If I planned a big weekend getaway with the bros in like a month, which, mind you, is our anniversary, and I did it intentionally on our anniversary, how well do you think that would go over? 
it would not go well. I'll tell you this much. If I went, I would be losing. If I didn't go, I'd be losing because of what my intentions already were. <laughs> yes. No. No. Guys, if I did that, it would be a problem, right? It doesn't matter how much I tell Caitlin I love her. If I never show her that I love her, is it going to make a difference? No, it's not going to mean anything. In fact, it's going to make her mad. <laughs> it's just going to make her angry. And you don't want to see her angry. Mm-mm. I'd rather meet the Hulk angry. Just kidding. <laughs> He's not real. <laughs> what if I bought myself something like VIP tickets to my favorite band to go see in concert, which I know she would not want to go see in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I know they'll go with me. Imagine I did that, and I got those tickets for her birthday, on her birthday. You think that would go well? That's not a birthday present to her. <laughs> It'd be a present to me on her birthday. That's just raw, right? Here's something, here, let me give you a real-life example. That's actually almost real-life example, only the opposite. There was a very beloved band that I enjoyed for today. May they rest in peace. (laughs) They're one of my favorite bands. And they were calling it quits. They'd been a band for many, many years, and they were doing their farewell tour. And their concert landed in Minneapolis, where we lived at the time on her birthday, their farewell concert. I'm like, ugh. And Wella was like a month and a half old at that point. I'm like, yeah, if I went to that, I would be in big trouble. (laughs) I wanted to go so bad. And what I instead did was I threw a surprise party for her, and she'd never had a surprise birthday party for her in her life. And she's incredibly difficult to surprise. Incredibly difficult. I mean, I can think of probably two times in my whole life that I've surprised her, ever. It's what you get from marrying someone with a gift of discernment. <laughs> you can figure everything out. But, no, I'm not talking bad about her. <laughs> yes. So anyways, if I would have gone to that concert, how tangible would have my love been to her? How obvious would it have been that I loved her? No, people have been like, bro, you're you're gonna be in big trouble when you get home. Yeah. It wouldn't have been good, right? It wouldn't have shown her that she's important. It wouldn't have shown her that she comes first. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. You'll have to ask her more details later. But if I told her, yeah, I got concert tickets, guess where we're going? We're not going to who you wanna see, we're going to who I wanna see. Actually, I only got tickets for me. You're staying home with the kids all by yourself while I go have a good time on your birthday. See you later. (laughs) How awesome would that be? It would not show, I mean, it would show that my heart isn't devoted to her, right? It doesn't matter how much I try to dig myself out of that hole. It's going to take a while of proving my love to her through action that she is who I'm devoted to. Right? It would take a while. 
Proverbs 27, 19, New Living Translation says, as a face reflected in water, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. Let me say that again. As a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. Your heart is seen by what you value. And what you value shows who you really are. Guys, we can cover it up all day and all night. We can sing words to God all day and all night. But if it's not seen by your devotion, by what you actually value, which can be time, it can be money, it can be energy, then what do your words really mean? I've sat in seats just like you guys, saying songs just like you guys. But the words didn't mean anything. The words coming out of my mouth were nothing because my heart was not postured towards God. Worship isn't just singing a song. We learned about that last week. You can praise God all you want, but true praise comes from the heart. Right? True praise is seen by what your heart is inclined to, by what your heart is devoted to. God values your guys' heart. He values your heart more than any part of you. He wants your heart. Snorting. <laughs> Let me read another verse in Matthew 15. This one's in the ESV, Gregory. I know I'm all over the place for you. I'm sorry. Let's give Gregory a hand. He does this all the time. I'm not very nice to him all the time. <laughs> But Matthew 15, verse 8 and 9 in the ESV translation, it says, this is Jesus talking about the Pharisees. So we know it's going to be interesting. Huh? One second. It says, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Hey, what's going on? Let me read this again. The people honors me with their lips but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. This is Jesus describing, saying, it doesn't matter what you say if what you do isn't what you say. What you tell other people to do, are you doing it yourself? The word vain, do you guys know what the word vain means? I'm not talking about this vain. Jeez. <laughs> oh! But really, what, what does the word vain mean? No, I've done worse than that, trust me. <laughs> Abby, what you got? Self-obsessed? That's being vain. Yes, I would say that's true. But the word vain is a, as, a, yeah, as an action. Yeah, that's, that's the noun form. It was the verb form to get all school on you. The direction of the wind... Oh, a weather vane. <laughs> oh, John, nobody uses weather vanes anymore. <laughs> yeah, they do. The word vane, here, let me, let me share the, the Greek definition, like the word that's used here for vane. In the Greek, the description for it means fruitless or to no purpose. It, it, it doesn't matter. That's why when in the book of Ecclesiastes, Vanity, vanity, that's a form of the word vain. It's all vain. 
Everything is vanity. Everything is meaningless. That's not the conclusion of the letter. I'll just let you know that. Okay. <laughs> the, the conclusion of it is everything's vanity without God. All serves no purpose. It's fruitless. And that's true. Your worship is vain and fruitless if it's not about God. If it's not for him and about him. See, the Pharisees, they were all about themselves. And they were putting rules in place so that they looked like the awesome people. So that they looked like they were the greatest. They were the best. I won't say another youth reference here. <laughs> I could. They, they do these things to put pressure on the people so that they look impressive. They were worshiping themselves. And all the while they thought they were worshiping God, but they weren't. So fruitless and no purpose. You guys can worship and it's to no purpose. Did you guys know that? You guys can worship and it's fruitless because it's all a matter of where your heart is. Like Jesus said, their lips honor me but their heart is far from me. God wants your heart to be close. Amen. Now imagine this. Another example for you. And this one has definitely never happened, okay? <laughs> but by not showing God that we love him, we can give God fruitless worship by not showing God that we love him, by not having our heart in it. So an example I would say with my own life, if I were to do this, and let me assure you I've never done this, okay? But I were to tell Caitlin after she found out me cheating on her with some girl, and I'd be like, oh my gosh. Now listen, listen. Just so you guys know, marriage is a type of our relationship with Jesus. That's what it's supposed to be a representation of. Did you guys know that? Marriage is to point how our relationship with God is supposed to look. 100% devoted. Nobody comes first other than that person. What? It's a great question. Anyways, so, hey, say, say I were to do this. Say, she finds out she's red-faced mad, right? And she's just ripping into me, and I go, baby, I love you. I love her too. I love both of you. You guys think that's going to go well for me? You think it's going to help my situation? I am digging my grave, right? But how often do we do that with our relationship with God? Right? How often do we say, God, I love you. And I love this. I'm devoted to you. But I'm also devoted to my boyfriend or girlfriend. I'm also devoted to having all the best grades in the world and being on top of my class and putting that first, right? No, God doesn't want you to have no relationships in your life. God doesn't want you to have bad grades. He wants you to have good grades. But here's the thing. God is saying, put me first, seek first my kingdom, and everything else will be taken care of. Everything else is held together by Jesus, right? That's what I read in Revelation. Or was it Colossians? One of the two. <laughs> Colossians. Everything is held together through him, right? So if you have a relationship devoted to him, 
You're going to be okay, right? Check out this piece of scripture in Exodus. Who's never read the book of Exodus before? Raise your hand. Exodus. It's a big one. Old Testament. Second book of the Bible, right? But in Exodus chapter 32, and this is New Living Translation again, Gregory. I'm going to read the first eight verses, one through eight. So here, Moses is up at the top of Mount Sinai. He's with God. And mind you, he's there for 40 days and 40 nights. He's spending some good long while with with God. And he's getting the Ten Commandments. He's getting the instructions, the law of God, law of Moses, of what is expected of God's people to be set apart and different from the rest of the world. The expectations of what God has on us, of what a godly life, a righteous life looks like. So he's up there for a while, and while he's up there, before he goes up there, the nation of Israel is chilling down at the bottom. That was interesting. <laughs> so it says, when the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow, Moses, <laughs> who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So Aaron said, Take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down, and molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, O Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Now is that true? Was it a big golden cow that saved the nation of Israel from Pharaoh? No, it wasn't. In fact, it wasn't even there in the journey. They made it just then. (laughs) And it says, Aaron saw how excited the people were, so he built an altar in front of the calf. Then he announced, tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord, which is not true. (laughs) The people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. You all right over there? Got ants in your pants? No. After this, they celebrated with feasting and peace offerings. After this, they celebrated. The Lord told Moses, Quick, go down the mountain. Your people whom you brought from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. How quickly they have turned away from the way I commanded them to live. They have melted down gold and made a calf, and they have bowed down and sacrificed to it. They are saying, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Guys, this is comparable to what I would have done, like if, if that story was true, what I had done to Caitlin. If that, if that story was true, mine's true. <laughs> but we do this with God, right? How often does God tell you something? You're like, Yes! Saved you, did something miraculous. Maybe it wasn't open the Red Sea and you walked right through it. But God's done miracles in your life. You've got to remember those. Think about them. But how often do we go away from those things and just moments later we, we find ourselves focused on something else. We devoted to something else. Worshiping something else. God wants your heart. 
It's what he's after. That's what he wants. And we can worship anything. We were made to worship. Whether we were made to worship one thing alone. Right? And you're never truly going to be your best self and truest self if you're not. You're never going to be your greatest self and who you were supposed to be if you're not worshiping the Lord. That's where true you is found. People are looking to find their truest self all the time. Jesus is the one that's going to reveal it to you. You devote yourself to him, he takes care of you. He handles it. How many of you know you can't handle yourself? Right? Look to your neighbor and say, you can't handle me. Look to your other neighbor and say, I can't handle myself either. <laughs> We've all worshipped something. You guys know that. Every one of us worships something. Every one of you today has worshipped something. Ice cream. I hope not. <laughs> That'd be a little weird. Make a little cow out of ice cream. <laughs> Bringing it back to its roots. <laughs> But here's the thing, like I said, hey, listen up. We all worship something, right? Every one of you worships something. It's seen by the posture of your heart. And the posture of your heart is seen by really what you value the most. The nation of Israel, they didn't value God the way they thought they did. And it was seen after just one leader is gone for a little over a month. And the whole nation's like, eh, let's make a cow and worship it. We need something to look at. What is that? Right? Can you imagine if Tim was gone for 40 days, and then suddenly he comes back and we're all worshiping a cow up here? <laughs> what? <laughs> Tim, the leader of this church, he's like, I leave for a little over a month and all hell breaks loose? <gasps> yeah, I didn't know where you went. Sure you did. You saw me go up the mountain. <laughs> if I haven't come back down yet, I'm probably still up there. <laughs> but how often do we just get our focus off? Right? We get our devotion off. We leave track of where we ought to be. We all worship something. And we can see sometimes... We can sometimes find our heart losing its devotion and getting off track. You can try to hide the real you all day, right? But it's seen by your heart reflecting the real you. Peace. <laughs> all right, everyone stand up. Stand on up. I got a couple questions we're going to have for our discussion groups. Sam. I want you guys to think about this. What have you been worshiping lately? Who have you been worshiping lately? Has it been yourself? Has it been your attention? Has it been attention from somebody else? Video games? <laughs> we all worship something. I would argue whatever you give the most time to 
And, and I don't mean, now listen to this. It doesn't mean like the most hours of a day because you guys are at school a long time, right? There's no. You guys are there for how many hours? Seven hours? Eight hours? I don't know. If you guys are in sports, you're there for longer than that. It's crazy. But what do you do with your free time? What do you do with the time that's your decision? It's your choice. What do you guys do with that time? Do you just sit on a couch and veg by watching YouTube? Or Snapchat or whatever you guys do. Or do you get, how many of you have read the Bible in the last week? You guys don't have to raise your hand. You can if you want. But I want you guys to really think about this stuff. Your time is important to you, right? But I want you to know that your time is important to God. He wants time with you. He wants time with you. Because he's pleased with having time with you. Have you guys ever been with somebody, hanging out with them, and you're like, I feel like they just don't want to be with me. Yep. I feel like they just don't like being around me. <laughs> Hopefully you guys aren't saying names. Yeah. Guys, I want you to know when you're getting with God, listen up, listen up. Hey, listen up. When you spend time, hey, listen up. You guys are nuts. When you give time to God and spend time with him, he's not bothered by you. He doesn't think, oh, I got to get this over with. I'm just waiting until their time with me is over. No, he's not thinking that. He's pleased to be with you because he's pleased with making you. God made you guys. And he knows that your best self is found with him. So be with him. Spend time with him. It's important. I'm going to pray, and then we'll get into groups, okay? What's your call? No mixed groups this week. All right. All right. All right, all right. I'm going to pray. All right, listen up, listen up. Hey, I'm going to pray, and then we'll get into groups. God, I pray that our hearts would be devoted to you. Lord, when our hearts get off track, thank you that you are so gracious and loving to get us back on track. You're not there waiting with your arms crossed going, what took you so long? Where have you been? God, that you are just saying, I've missed you. I've missed being with you. I've missed time with you. God, I pray that our heart would be devoted to you and you alone. Lord, help us to not make the mistakes of the nation of Israel. <laughs> Getting so nearsighted that they forget the amazing things that you've done. They really weren't even that long ago. Lord, help us to think of you, to remember you and who you are, and that it's amazing in and of itself that we can even have time with you in the first place. 
that we can be with you. Lord, may our time with you not be a burden to us. May it be a joy and a delight and pleasing to us. Because that's what it is to you. In Jesus' name, amen.